The Blaze Radio Network. On Demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. one 800 913 this is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka only on the Blaze Radio Network. Where do we start? Where do we? Well, we start with good morning. Happy Saturday. How are you? How's your family? I'm happy to be here. It, it is a Saturday morning and uh, boy, oh boy, if you thought we were going to get off easy and just talk about light and fluffy stuff, well, you're partially right. But there's a whole bunch going on this morning. It is the uh, opening of new programming on the weekend on the Blaze Radio Networks. This show, Piero Pelka, takes on the entire day. And we'll warm it up and hand it off to Jeffy at 9 a.m. Eastern. So we have three hours of program for you here. Then Jeffy's got a three-hour show, followed by Lawrence Billy Jones III, LBJ Trey, as I call him. And then uh, Mike Slater, Joe Pags, an entire day. So welcome to the Blaze Radio Network. I, I'm torn today because after this show, I have to make a difficult decision. Do I listen to Jeffy? Or do I watch my young nephew as he plays in a, a very important semifinal match in, in a uh, tournament, tennis tournament in, in France? Young Riley Opelka is in a semifinal match against another American today in a match that could, could send him to the French Open, one of the four major tournaments. So I'm... I'm proud uncle today, but I'm also trying to decide. Because, see, I love Jeffy's show. I absolutely am addicted to Jeff Fisher and the Jeff Fisher program. Not, not even going to try and hide it. So um, I, I, I'm, I'm in a quandary. I, I don't know what to do. And I'm sure you will tell me. What's that, Mr. President? You, you have a problem with that? You are fake news. No, I really do love Jeffy. <laughs> Honestly, you'll see. Um, so much going on today. It, you know, this, this big story, uh, I'm not talking about Donald Trump threatening Jim Comey, but that is the vital question today. So let's get the vital question on the books first. And then we will get to the big story, all right? The vital question, as I see it, is about President Trump's statement yesterday about the tapes. 
and he used quotes in his tweet when he said, Jim Comey better hope there are no tapes. And so I, I want to know, was this a threat? Do you think it was a threat? I posted the vital question on Twitter minutes ago, so it's already up there. And I need you to tell me. Uh, you guys were very, very uh, hot in participation this week. Uh, you, you let me know how you felt about health care and that it is not a right. You, have, um, you even weighed in on my really dumb question about uh, best TV mom. Because, you know, it's Mother's Day tomorrow, and you, you better have planned. You better have planned. But the vital question today about Donald Trump's tweet to Jim Comey, was it a threat? Currently, just a handful of you have voted, and the majority of you are thinking it's not a threat. See, I see it as a threat. I see that as actually um, inartful and unpresidential. And I voted for Mr. Trump. I want the president to succeed. I want Donald Trump to take names, kick ass internationally, and turn loose, turn loose the entire American economy and let us rise again. Because believe it or not, China, China is doing just that. And China, because of its communist country and leadership, by the communist, total, complete leadership. You don't have two parties. China can do whatever it wants, and they are going after us. What China is doing to create a new Silk Road, a new trading uh, partnerships around the globe, and excluding us is a, a signal that China is attempting to establish a new world order. And they, they can do it without the real constraints of competition. So uh, I hope Mr. Trump gets out of the way of business and then guides the Congress, the House and the Senate, to making America great again, as he promised. And, and that would be doing some of the things he's done is in terms of uh, removing regulation. And, um, and deconstructing some of the gigantic bureaucracy that has been built over the past 40 or 50 years in D.C. I, I love it when all these people say, there are thousands of jobs Donald Trump hasn't filled yet. Well, first of all, thousands, not his responsibility. Yeah, indirectly, yes. And when somebody goes, gee, we have a bunch of unfilled positions in Washington and the country isn't falling apart. Oh, well, that's good, isn't it? That's okay, right? And the answer to that is yes. Absolutely yes. So, you know, s simmer down, people. I wouldn't mind if everybody yelled, calm down. Calm down when someone's, someone gets mad. All these jobs aren't filled. And then... The flip side of that is the, the reality that the Democrats are totally, totally going after the title of obstructionist. Yesterday, I received one of, um, I'm looking for it here on my phone, 
one of three emails from the people at the Daily Coast. Do you know who the Daily Coast is? The Daily Coast is a very, 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 did I mention very left-wing organization? It's, it's um, a group that, that just cannot stand that this president is in office. They cannot believe that he's, uh, he's the guy who's running our country. And the Daily Coast sends me reminders every day to sign a petition to tell our senators to shut down the Senate. Shut down. Here, here it is. There really isn't anything else to say right now except this. That's how they open up their email. First of all, the email address to me says, Joe. I, I don't know how they got my email address or why they think my name is Joe. Joe, there really isn't anything else to say except this. Sign and send a letter to your Democratic senators. Shut down all Senate business until we get an independent special prosecutor to investigate Trump-Russia ties. Keep fighting. Chris Bowers, Executive Director, Daily Coast. And then uh, it, it gives you a sample letter to sign and send to your senators and if you put in your zip code. So they're fairly sophisticated, right? These, these folks have got it uh, nailed. And they have the systems, and apparently they have the email addresses. Again, I have no idea. I never signed up for anything on the Daily Coast. But this is a group that wants, wants total socialism. They want the Democrats in charge. They want uh, single-payer health care, all the evil stuff. And they want, these are the folks who lost their mind when uh, allegedly it was shut down back under Obama which it wasn't, and we all know that. 10% of the government was idled. Gee, all the money we saved. Nobody died. But now they're demanding that we shut down the Senate. And if, if we shut down the Senate, I guess that means... I guess, I guess shutting down the Senate means that the Democrats don't believe in appointing the judges to fill those empty positions. So if you're going to scream about all the empty jobs in government and all the places Donald Trump hasn't filled the job, but then you don't want, you don't want the Senate to do its job, that's a problem. You don't want a, a new director of the FBI. You don't want the FBI running at its full capacity. That's a problem, isn't it? The comment or the term, correct term for this, is juxtaprogressive. That's the uh, label for the hypocrisy of the progressives. So, uh, Daily Coast, you get today's juxtaprogressivism award right out of the blocks. But I still want, look, I'm, I've also said I could support an independent investigation if the House and the Senate will go back to work. Because as much they think this is great, because look at all the media attention they're getting, and that's one of the things some of these pure political animals feed on. Watch Chuck Schumer run to a microphone and camera, and to some extent, Paul Ryan. Th there are political animals on both sides of the aisle. We all know this, and the only way to get rid of them, the only way to eliminate the political animals and get right down to real public servants is term limits, and that's something I'm going to mention virtually every show. 
Term limits, term limits, term limits. I mentioned it to my senator, uh, Chris Coons, just the other day. Term limits, term limits, term limits. It's the only way we, we will eliminate the entitled royal class that lives in Washington, D.C. Can you imagine a starting job with a minimum salary of $174,000 and the staff and offices in your home and in Washington, D.C., in your hometown, and that, that you don't have to put up a nickel to pay for that home, a hometown office or that Washington, D.C. office. You can hire your friends. Can you imagine? That's what we've created, and we need to change it. More on that later. But I need to know from you, where do you stand on Donald Trump's statement yesterday? Donald Trump came out of the blocks yesterday, and I think, I think he sounded, sounded a lot like he was threatening Jim Comey. He's already fired him. And we'll get into Comey, too, because he's answered, uh, he's answered whether or not he's going to testify. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think you're going to get the option, but his initial answer is no thanks. I'm, I'm going to lay low for a while. I'm going to chill out. Why wouldn't you chill out? You, you've got a, a wonderful package. I'm guessing, unless somebody knows differently, that because Jim Comey was hired and uh, a 10-year contract, that your out is not a two-week, two-week severance package. I'm guessing it's a very long, comfortable severance package. Plus, Jim Comey has a pension because he has served the country for so many years. All right, I better step aside. I'm I'm just just already out of the blocks, off the rails. There is much to talk about today. I want to explain some of the hacking that you're hearing about. It's very important. We need to talk Bitcoin today, too. Uh, anyone out there in, in Bitcoin? I'm in Bitcoin a little. Uh, I mentioned earlier this week that had I gone into Bitcoin in the manner in which I was hoping to go into Bitcoin, I wouldn't be here today because I would be on that beach uh, having a pina colada down the beach from Jim Comey picking up seashells. We'll talk about that. And uh, the Pope is doing something pretty cool this morning. I'm not exactly a stand-up-and-cheer fan of Pope Francis, but he's doing something pretty cool for those of us who are Catholics, and, and we should mention that, as well as, where's the where the heck is the rest of my list here? Now I have to go over to the other side of the room and get my list. Why don't I do that? Reload your coffee or your tea. I'm going to have another cup of hot tea. And we'll continue Saturday on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Kind of a crazy morning, and yet crazy has become the new norm, hasn't it? Yes. Welcome to the Blaze Radio Network on a weekend. Mike Opelka waking you up. I'm waking myself up, actually. That's that's the reality here. Uh, Vital question of the day is already up and rolling. If you want to get involved, you should. It'll be up for 24 hours, and we're going to pump it all along uh, as many outlets as we can. The question, Donald Trump's tweet yesterday uh, telling Jim Comey, uh, you better hope there aren't any tapes before you start leaking to the press. The only thing he left out of that for me was buddy boy. You know, that that was like a, a street tough guy in the old neighborhood. Listen, buddy boy. You better hope there aren't any tapes before you start flapping your gums. It seems like a threat to me. And many of you who are always Trump are going to get upset with me. Again, I remind you, I voted for Donald Trump. I I wanted Donald Trump. Donald Trump was the truly the lesser of two evils for me. I'm a I'm a Ted Cruz guy. I know everybody, he's, all my friends who go, oh, he's so mean, he's so ugly. Great, let's, let's, let's pick a president based on looks. Well, we certainly didn't get a winner there, did we? I love that we're, we all ended up voting for a president based on his looks in the minds of some people. And yeah, I know that's how Bill Clinton won way back when a friend of mine who said, you don't get it, Bill became the president because he was a better fantasy for most of the female voters. And I said, do you really think that little of women as voters to think that that's how they vote? And then some of you told me, yes, we voted for Clinton because he was better looking than than the other guy. It's It's crazy, I know. So here we are. We're asking the question, and this question will be kicked around a lot. It already has been. But I, I don't care what everybody on CNN or MSNBC or even Fox News thinks. I care what you think. Because ultimately, this is your country and this is my country. And we need to be able to uh, come together, have an opinion, and, 
and let that opinion be known to the people we hired to be in charge. We hired it to be in charge. Yeah, they're all, that, that block of people isn't it to me. I, I know, I know. All right, so vote, vote on the vital question of the day. Um, in terms of the hack, this is something really interesting to me. This, this, um, this hack that's taken over by not malware, but ransomware. Ransomware. Now, ransomware, if you've never been hit by ransomware, is, is malicious software that crawls into your computer through a network and then freezes your system and tells you you cannot have access to your own computer, your own personal computer, until you pay a ransom. And it starts out at 300 bucks in Bitcoin or 300 Bitcoins. I think it's $300 in Bitcoin uh, because 300 Bitcoins would be a ridiculous amount of money. It would be about, oh, let's say $500,000. Bitcoin currently sitting, uh, as we speak this morning, uh, Bitcoin is trading at $1,729.99. And that's only up $1,290 since last year. So if you bought Bitcoin a year ago, you've tripled your money, tripled your cryptocurrency, as it were. A year ago, Bitcoin, you, you, it's just amazing, isn't it? We'll get into more on Bitcoin and more on this hack just around the corner. Uh, you can join the conversation, 888-900-3393, 888-900-3393. This is Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You know, I could have gone another, I don't know, 24,000 years without references to the picture of the guy humping the shark on the deck of the boat. And thank you to everyone who photoshopped Jeffy's head on the guy and or retweeted it yesterday. Thank you. I think. Oh, my God. And, you know, for Jeffy, the only bad press is your own obituary. So Jeffy actually likes this. And no, I did not come up with that, that uh, bon mot. The late Michael O'Donohue, a very funny and very dark man, said that. The only bad press is your own obituary. It's true, too. At least it seems to be true in Washington. We were discussing discussing the saying that uh, that politics is show business for ugly people. Last night, this was a discussion among uh, a few of us here in the neighborhood. 
and and we were wondering where did that came from, where that came from where is what's the origin of the saying politics is show business for ugly people and my wife insists that it came from the Clintons um, advisors do you remember the Bloodworth Thomasons or Thomases Bloodworth Thomases Linda Bloodworth Thomas Thomases whatever the name is. They were the people behind um, the show with Dixie Carter and Delta Burke and the, the uh, show Designing Women. And apparently they're the ones who said that, credited for saying that. Politics is show business for ugly people. And we certainly have, have put politics on the level of what show business used to be, haven't we? Which is why I think so many people in Hollywood have drifted into politics and and what what better way to open up the discussion of whether or not whether or not the rock would be a good president as we heard this week uh, Dwayne Johnson the rock he'll always be the rock won't he has said he's considering a career in in the politics the rock is a guy I, i've run into i've met in my travels in radio and television Seems like a likable guy. I love the products he puts out. And then we hear that also considering a possible political career as a second or wouldn't it be like a third or fourth career? Uh, Caitlyn Jenner. Although apparently Caitlyn can't decide which side she's on. You see what I did there? So, you know, that's an interesting question. Who in the show business would we like to see in the politics? We've heard for years and years and years, people like Matt Damon want to get into it. And then I think when push comes to shove, these people realize that politics, A, as Donald Trump is discovering, there's a lot of work. You know, when you're the, when you're the billionaire over many, many, many companies, and you have competent people running your companies because that's how you got to be a billionaire. You hired competent people. You don't always have to show up at the office every day. But in the case of running the country, it requires your presence every day. And now we learned from the Time magazine article that Donald Trump spends a solid 10 hours in the West Wing every day. He is there. He is present. And then he'll have a dinner sometimes a, an important dinner with uh, select people. And then afterwards, he'll continue working. He's not a guy who clocked in and out. And it, it requires a, a great commitment. Are, are there celebrities who could do that? Ronald Reagan was capable of doing that. He's a guy who made the transition from Hollywood to government via, via California. Schwarzenegger tried, and I think he gave up. He also had some personal peccadillos that uh, caused him some problems, and we found out he wasn't as much of a conservative as we initially thought. Other people who have considered the moving into the show business, uh, the politics from the show business, as I said, Matt Damon's talked about it. I wonder if James Woods would do it. His tweets certainly would cause him some problems with with some people in the middle. He's had some pretty rough tweets, but we know he's a conservative. Pat Sajak is a solid conservative. I could see Pat Sajak making the transition easily. He's so likable. But why would you ever give up a gig like Wheel? 
Wheel of Fortune, uh, Pat Sajak, they could roll him out. They could wheel him out to host Wheel. And uh, he, does, he and Vanna never seem to age, right? But uh, Sajak is a conservative. If you follow Pat Sajak on, on the Twitter, you'll see he's a conservative, and he's not a guy who offends. He's a guy who just has common sense conservatism. Chuck Woolery, while not a spring chicken, is a rock-solid conservative. And Hollywood has basically blackballed Chuck Woolery, despite the fact that he's one of the most likable people. They, te- they do a test called a Q-score. So who else are we talking about? Uh, we saw Ashley Judd make a foray into a potential run for the Senate and was squashed pretty much instantly. But who else is out there, left or right? On the right, I've, I've thrown some names out there. On the left, I maintain Oprah's not done. And I think Oprah would love to have a, uh, a summer home at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. You know? But then again, Oprah's having, I think, too much fun just being Oprah. And again, it's not a lot of work being Oprah once you get to that level. But who else is out there? Who else? Anyone? You can share. 888 or on the Twitter, at StuntBrain. Uh, there's, there's nobody I really think, in terms of show business, I, I would say uh, I'm really interested in. I'd be curious to know more about The Rock, to know more about what, what he would have in mind, to know more about his positions on the Constitution, freedoms, individuality. So I'd be curious. I'd want to know more. Uh, Jenner, I, I really, I no, thank you. I, I just, I just think there's, um, there's no real there there. After all the Kardashian experience and then the transition experience uh, and then the discussions of whether or not they'll be transitioning back. Come on. But in terms of celebrities who say they have an interest in the politics, uh, most of them just want to comment on the politics. Most of them don't want to leave their very comfortable, plush jobs and offices. You know, you hear people like Streisand and Whoopi who are, and, and, and Joy Behar always hammering the, the conservatives. And these limousine liberals, these, these Mercedes Maoists who live a very comfortable life and want everyone else to pay for it, I guess, they're out there. So if you have a thought on somebody, that it was a real strange, strange left turn this morning because I do have a, I have a full list of topics to get to. And we were talking about the hack, right? We were talking about the hack. Well, I want to get into the hack and I need a little bit of time. So I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to jump out here just a touch earlier than normal. And when we come back, we're going to talk about ransomware, what it means, who got hit, and really, what, what does this ransomware hack and the size of it tell us? And is it, is it a warning or is it going to be uh, a constant barrage? We'll deal with that next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. 
This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You know, Joe Scarborough's awake right now. He's tweeting up a little storm. I wonder if we can get him. I want, I will, I'll, more on that after the top of the hour break. <laughs> we'll just see. Uh, the world's on fire. Did you know? Did you? The world's on fire. At least parts of the world are on fire. The people that have Windows computers who refuse to update their operating systems, you're at risk. It is the biggest ransomware outbreak ever in the history of the planet. And what's ransomware? Ransomware is the thing that crawls into your computer, freezes it, and says, no, you can't do anything until you pay us. And it it took the world by surprise yesterday. It, it hit at least 99 different countries. This virus got 99 countries, but the USA ain't one. Well, yes, it hit some places here in America. But uh, the British health system was kind of crippled yesterday. It also got into some transportation systems like in Germany and uh, telecom companies. And the interesting thing is that if if you are one of the people who is who was nailed by this, who who opens up your computer and all of a sudden bloop, you have this this red screen that says, "Oops, all of your files have been encrypted." What happened? Your important files are encrypted. Many of your documents, photos, videos are no longer accessible because they've been encrypted, meaning this, um, this malware, this ransomware has gotten into com- your computer and locked everything down. And if you want to recover your files, they tell you, don't waste your time. Nobody can do it without our decryption and service. So this is someone who's created a program that goes into your computer, shuts it down, locks it up, and tells you uh, the only way you can do it is to click on the link at the bottom and send us money. And the money they want is Bitcoin, an untraceable cryptocurrency, uh, a currency that exists only in the Internet. And Bitcoin's becoming very popular. As I mentioned before, had I spent the money, there were three of us thinking about putting $10,000 into Bitcoin, uh, like $3,333 each a few years ago in 2011. Had we done it, I wouldn't be here because that $3,333 would now be worth just around $4.5 million. That's how much Bitcoin has gone up. As a matter of fact, it tripled in a year. So if you were smart enough last year to go, you know, I should throw a little money into Bitcoin. You would have tripled your money by now. And I know what you're saying. It's a virtual currency. How, how can, I, can I use it? Yeah, a lot of people are taking Bitcoin. You can buy cars with Bitcoin. You can buy gold with Bitcoin. It's fast becoming a legitimate currency all around the world. But this, this um, ransomware now allows you, if your files are caught, if your computer's shut down, because you didn't click on that little button in the right on your Windows computer when it says, uh, update, we found a security issue and we want you to take this security update. If you didn't click on that, you are at risk. 
just like the people in the British health system <laughs> discovered, just like the people at the, uh, the German trains found, just like the people in the Ukraine and Russia. And if you don't, they give you, this is the interesting thing. If you don't act quickly enough, they raise the, the ransom. The, the, the payment starts out at 300 bucks. And if you don't respond, guess what? It's going up to 600. Who's behind this? They don't really know yet. The original, you know, everybody originally goes, oh, it's got to be Russia. It's got to be Russia. It's got to be Russia. Well, Russia got hit pretty hard. They, they say um, people are jumping and paying. And uh, right now we don't know how many people have paid the three or six hundred bucks to get it to get it cleared. And um, as I said, it's Russia, Ukraine and Taiwan are the, the countries where the, the largest numbers of of attacks have have been recorded. And you, know, you don't like hospitals to get their computers shut down. FedEx said that some of its um, Windows computers got hit. And they are doing what's known as remediation. You know what that means? FedEx has people going, update, 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 update. You would have to disconnect from any networks. before. If your computer's turned off, before you turn it on, if it's a Windows machine, you'd have to disconnect from a network and then try and maybe get into a more private network before you could update. Homeland Security is on the case, obviously. They say they're aware of the reports and and sharing information with all of its partners. But um, telephone companies, rail systems, hospitals, the Russian Interior Ministry, all been hit by this. They call this uh, the ransomware. This, this specific ransomware is known in the industry as the Wanna Cry program because <laughs> it's going to make you want to cry. How do we fix it? Well, I would tell you to to be on a Mac computer, but who knows if if these people aren't going to find a way to get to Macs. We'll see. Eventually, they will. No system is perfect, but the Macs are a little bit safer. It's a big hack. Keep your eyes open and update your system today. We'll be back. Opelka. With Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Pure Opelka with Michael Pelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Good morning. It's uh, the second hour of the Saturday edition of Pure Opelka. We are moving and grooving, as I like to say. Things are hopping in the world. There's all kinds of stuff going on. There's a vital question already up and popping on Twitter. I encourage you to get, get on there and get involved because your opinion is vital. Uh, the question is, do you believe Donald Trump's tweet yesterday was a threat to Jim Comey? Because I do. And currently, the voting is pretty split. It's like 41% say yes, 42% say no, 
14% of you can't decide, and that tells me that there is a considerable question here to answer. There is a divide. Again, I support the president. I want the truth. I don't want any more inconsistencies. I don't want any of the games on on the statements where you're pitting your own statement against uh, your earlier statements. Just cut it out. And uh, by the way, those of you on Twitter, thank you for engaging early. So many of you are Harriet Baldwin's out there. Donna's out there. Uh, I, I, I'll, I can't name you all because they're just so, so darn many of you. But Donna called me out saying that when I say malware, I'm, I'm pronouncing it incorrectly. We're talking about the, the invasive software that got into your computer, the, the ransomware in this case, taking over computers and holding your files hostage until you pay. So I asked the computer, how do we say it? How do we pronounce this word, W or M-A-L-W-A-R-E? How do we pronounce it? Malware. 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 I'm somewhere between malware and malware. Malware, what you wear at the food court, I guess. We could say that. So uh, thank you for always trying to keep me on the rails, Don. I appreciate it. And uh, so many of you are up early this morning. I'm totally digging it. Looking at what's trending in the world, there's talk about moms and mom bumper stickers and stuff like that. But the number one trending thing this morning is Buster Posey. And I'm thinking, why? what did this San Francisco giant baseball player do that has, has made him the number one trending topic on the Twitter well, it had to do with a game out out west that the um, the Giants were playing the Cincinnati Redlegs, and they're in the seventeenth inning. It's tied two to two. Seventeenth inning. Now this game is over five hours. Some of you who don't understand baseball, it's not that you don't like it; you just don't understand it. Some of you who haven't had the chance to understand the beauty of baseball and and all of the machinations inside baseball would say five hours is too damn long for me. No, no, the game is what it's about. And watching the battle and watching the strategy that goes on between the managers, not just the players, the managers. So when it's two to two in the bottom of the 17th inning and Buster Posey steps to the plate and this happens... Nice homer. Whoever was... Yes! Yes, yes indeed. We're going home. Everybody was thinking about it. And Buster Posey delivers on the expectation. Kind of a nice moment. One of those things that you go, that's why he's trending on the Twitter. That's why Buster Posey's trending on the Twitter. And you know, the stands were were about uh, an eighth filled. And I think that announcer said it best. He said probably what everybody else in the room or in the stadium or watching at home said, we're going home now. (laughs) We're going home. (laughs) 
Well done. Very well done. Uh, so uh, that's why Buster Posey is trending. Uh, also, um, answering the question, we were talking about the FBI director, and I want to get to some of the possible new FBI director choices that are that are lingering out there. Um, why a 10-year contract for the FBI director? Why? Why not a four-year contract? Well, the idea is to keep the FBI director a non- political nonpartisan position that if you give the FBI director a 10-year contract, they will span the, uh, the, the possible two terms any president could have and then some. So in this case, if somebody comes in under Donald Trump, this person could be, could be in that job over two Trump terms and then the, uh, the 2024 presidential election winner, whoever, The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. So Pre- President Johnson, another President Johnson, could be there with whomever is chosen as FBI director. Now, some of the names that are popping up for the FBI director I find kind of fascinating. I, I have said, um, I, have said I, I would not mind Trey Gowdy. And if you were here yesterday and heard me talking with Senator Chris Coons and we were talking about the Senate and their their job to approve the next FBI director, when I said uh, Trey Gowdy, Senator Coons actually laughed out loud <laughs> and said he's too partisan. Well, I don't have a problem with that. And I, I know the right would absolutely have a huge problem with Trey Gowdy after how he questioned Hillary Clinton on her emails. He's a little too aggressive for many on the right, but see, on the left. I believe law and order is needed, especially in the Federal Bureau of Investigation. The guy's got it. But but now, uh, just this morning, they were they were banding about a few names in terms of who could be the FBI director. One of the names that we talked about earlier in this week that you and I talked about here on this show was uh, the current acting director, Mr. McCabe. He looks like he's right out of central casting, doesn't he? He absolutely looks like a guy who would star as the FBI director in the movies. And, and so uh, I, I think he probably deserves a look, although if he... Based on what he said in his testimony, that everybody in the agency is still loyal to Jim Comey, I think immediately the White House is going to say, no, no, sorry, no can do. So I think although McCabe is probably a good guy, he's, he's not going to be the choice. And uh, is this the time where Somebody also says, hey, you know what we need? You know what we absolutely have to have here? We need a female director of the FBI because fairness. So who's the female director of the FBI candidate? And why is it just because we haven't had one? Why, why if you're the person who is best qualified, should your gender come into it? Because fairness, fairness, that's, that's the rule. 
There's also a, a New York federal judge, uh, Judge Garcia, who's being considered, apparently, and Senator John Cornyn. John Cornyn as FBI director? I don't know. I, I still go back to uh, my choice would be, and, you know, if, if I reshaped the Trump cabinet and the Supreme Court, it would be decidedly packed with constitutionalists and conservatives. You, you know, next Supreme Court justice, okay, Mike Lee would be fine. Okay, Ted Cruz would be fine. Uh, next FBI director, there's only one choice for me, and it's Trey Gowdy, and, and I know it's not going to happen, but a boy can dream, right? A boy can dream. So we should hear something. They keep kind of hinting that it'll, it'll happen any day now, and uh, the president's been a little quiet about it. I think he's, he's spending a little time uh, with Melania. She showed up at the White House yesterday holding a uh, kind of a Mother's Day thing, and, and Donald Trump, the president, came in and he, he didn't exactly uh, photobomb it. He came in and took over the thing. So he was doing a little, um, a little presidential politicking, which I think is fine. It's great, as a matter of fact. So I, I don't know if we're going to hear from the president this weekend. Here's, a, here's an interesting, just total sidebar question that popped into my head thinking about the president and what he's going to do this weekend. You're Donald Trump. It's Mother's Day weekend. You actually have um, three, three mothers in your immediate life. You have uh, Ivana Trump. You have Marla Maples Trump, and, and now you have the First Lady, all of whom are mother to children that you have fathered. What a dilemma for Donald Trump. Yesterday we talked with Shamont, who uh, works on this show during the week, and he has a mom and a stepmom, and he visits both. Will Donald Trump have to send a Mother's Day notice to all three of the moms? Well, (laughs) I'm just wondering. I'm just causing trouble. And the way the president likes to play golf, will he abstain from playing golf this weekend (laughs) in order to spend some quality time with Baron Trump's mom? Because after all, Mother's Day, kind of important. Uh, I know this. I'm missing my mom for the first time. Stepping aside for a minute, when we get back, I have what I think is good news about North Korea. I'm reminding you to go and uh, take the uh, vital question of the day about Donald Trump's tweet about the tapes. Was it a threat? Uh, We have to talk about the Pope and what he's doing in Fatima in Portugal. And have you ever eaten a ghost pepper? Have you ever been so brave slash foolish to eat a ghost pepper? Oh, boy, I have a story for you, and we'll get to it just around the corner on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. So much to talk about today. So absolutely much to talk about today. 
And uh, later in the show, I have to get to um, a couple of stories about a couple of jerks who uh, messed up traffic in um, New York, New Jersey, and, and Portland. You'll see. Kind of crazy stories. There is news being bounced around the, uh, the world of news, around our world here, that says um, North Korea might have uh, good news for us. This might be a, a, bit of, a bit of hope that the rogue nation is coming into, into line with the rest of the, of the globe. There is, you know, we have no diplomatic relationship with North Korea. So if anything happens, and again, we now have four Americans being held in North Korea, three who all have the word Kim in their name, because that's a very popular name in that part of the world, and a guy named Otto Warmbier, which, you know, still makes me laugh and I feel bad for the guy. But there was word out of North Korea this week uh, from a person who escaped the rogue nation that there are many, many, many Americans being held that we just don't know about, which makes me uh, upset. And I hope we're doing something about it. But apparently some of the squeezing of China is starting to work and some of the squeezing by China, because we have told China, look, you guys are the key to North Korea behaving. You give them basically food and water and money. So if China withholds some of the support it's giving North Korea, th things could things could uh, turn out a little bit better. Consider consider what's happened. We haven't had a missile test since the failed one of about two weeks ago, and we know we we believe most of us believe that America infiltrated that network and somehow has managed to control those missiles. But it's a matter of time before they, uh, before they get, uh, get their system secured and start launching missiles and testing missiles again. But we have been worried about a nuclear test for, I think, about a month now. And there has not been one. If there, if there is a nuclear test in the very near future from North Korea, an underground test, then I think there's cause for concern. But there are indications this morning that the Norks, as we like to call them, the Norks are interested in talking. And to me, that, that's a good thing, because we don't want a war with North Korea. And the other thing about this that, that makes me feel good is that we have Trump and Tillerson at the head of whatever discussions will happen as opposed to Obama and Kerry. These are the guys who basically um, we have, and pardon my, my graphic language, but we've been bent over in, in foreign negotiations in the past couple of years. But I don't think Tillerson and Trump will be the bend over boys. I think they will be the guys who stand up and say, no, we're going to fight. You're not spanking us. So uh, I, I'm happy to hear that there are sources, trusted sources that I have that believe that we're going to have, um, that we're going to have talks. We're going to have actual substantive talks with North Korea. Now, if that ends with us giving another pile of money to North Korea, no. But see, I don't think Donald Trump plays that game. 
I don't think he plays the appeasement game. Look at his actions with the Moab. Look at his actions with the 60 cruise missiles we launched in Syria and 59 of them hit. So good news out of uh, North Korea. Very good news out of North Korea. Happy, 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 happy news. Um, I still want that little guy busted back. I still think he needs to. He needs to he needs to go. But, you know, maybe China's making that decision now. Again, the problem with getting Kim Jong Un out is that this this population in North Korea believes this family are descended from the gods. That uh, the original, the grandpappy was a god. The father of Kim Jong-un was a god. And now they believe the dear leader, the current dear leader, is also a god. His kids aren't old enough to take over. Uh, They're not going to make his wife the next leader. And his brother was just killed. He says we did it. It's more likely that he did it to eliminate. See, that was China's insurance policy. If you uh, if you keep the um, the brother alive and they kept him in Macau as a uh, high rolling gambler guy for the last few years, but he was ready to go and step in. But now there is no option and you certainly don't want to turn it over to any of those hundreds of generals that are there. So talks possibility of talks with the Norks. Great idea. Happy about that. Um, there are a couple other things we have to talk about. So when we get back, I want to talk about free speech. Uh, I need to talk about this ghost pepper. There's a Second Amendment segment coming up today. And the Pope. What's the Pope up to? What's the Pope up to? The Pope's uh, out doing some public business today. And um, I, I'm a little mad at a at another another Catholic institution that's kind of letting me down. As a matter of fact, the largest Catholic college in the country is doing something I consider to be just just awful, terrible. And I'll share it with you just around the corner. Uh, And, uh, of course, the story of the two really big jerks that we have to get to. It is a Saturday on Pure Opelka. Good morning, and thanks for being here. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. I'm going to say this uh, at least every hour. If you're on a Windows machine, update your damn software. When you get the notice from Windows that says we plugged a security hole, fix it. It doesn't cost you anything. It's not a nefarious attempt to get inside your machine by the Windows people. If they wanted to do that, they could. What they're trying to do is to prevent you from getting caught up in the same kind of ransomware problem that's happening to the rest of the world. 
Okay, lecture over. A little bit of history today, right? A little bit of history taken on the day. Uh, the Pope is in the history files today, Pope John Paul II, a Pope that I certainly appreciated as a Catholic, a Pope that I witnessed in person from about eight feet away as he was getting ready to celebrate the Mass on Christmas Eve. And Glenn Beck and I had weaseled our way into the Vatican and actually gotten into St. Peter's, and we were sitting almost right on the aisle. So when he came by, I actually have a photo somewhere, I should dig that up, of the Pope giving us a little bonus blessing as he walked by. It was a pretty cool moment. And I used to say that you go, as a Catholic, if you go to Midnight Mass on Christmas Eve in Rome with the Pope, that's, you get a get-out-of-hell-free card. So you can just you, you find yourself dead, and you're going to the hot place. You just, boom, Midnight Mass, Vatican, with the Pope, on the aisle, bing. You get a free pass. Just saying. That's not really in, in Catholic law. It's, uh, it's an assumption. But uh, it was on this date in 1981, and I remember it distinctly, that Pope John Paul II was shot and wounded as he was traveling in St. Peter's Square in Rome. Uh, it's also the incident that sparked the creation of the Pope Mobile, the, uh, the vehicle with the bubble top that allows a pope to travel around uh, in a bulletproof vehicle, but still be visible to the faithful, and he can drive around and wave. Uh, the current Pope doesn't seem to be using the Pope Mobile too much. But Pope John Paul was was in St. Peter's Square, and there's some weird stuff to the story of Pope John Paul II being shot by uh, a Turkish terrorist named uh, Mehmet Ali Aga. Now, this terrorist was um, was already a convicted murderer. And as the Pope was coming by, he, he fired off a few shots. He wounded a couple of tourists, and the Pope was hit. He was nailed immediately. Now, here's the weird part of the story, because obviously, you know, Pope, pope John Paul II survived, and, the, and the, the chapters of this story of this attempted assassination of the Pope after that are even more fascinating to me, and maybe you know them, maybe you don't. But here's the weird part of, of uh, Aliaga's plan. He didn't set out to kill the Pope. That was not his intention. He wanted to go to England and kill the king. And then he finds out, wait a minute, there isn't a king of England right now. There's only a queen. And he reportedly told the courts this because he was, when he was caught and tried in Italy, uh, he was being grilled on, why did you do this? And he goes, well, I didn't set out. I didn't set out to kill the Pope. Uh, I wanted to kill the King of England. They found out there's no king. There's just a queen. And, and Turks don't shoot women. Good to know. Thanks a lot for that, Aliaga. He also apparently tried to tie himself to the PLO, the Palestinian Liberation Organization. And they went, oh, hold on. Nope, not our guy. Not our guy. So he shoots the Pope on May 13th. Thank God the Pope survived. 
his trial is is in July. And he he said, Italy, you can't try me. You can't you can't prosecute me that this crime occurred in another country in the Vatican. And uh, the the Italians went, no, sorry, you're you're being tried here, pal. Two days his trial lasted. He was found guilty. Two days. Can you imagine if the O.J. Simpson trial only needed two days, how much time we would have saved as this, as this country? He was sentenced to life in prison, and he, he went to prison, but got out in 2010. And I remember over the course of his imprisonment, the Pope actually visited him to forgive him, which was an amazing example. I don't know, again, I don't know if I'm... I'm as strong as some of these people who stand up in front of TV cameras and say they forgive the person who killed their loved ones, or if I could look at the person who would shoot me and say, I forgive you. Maybe I could. Maybe. But uh, there's so many ancillary stories to this assassination attempt on the Pope, and they, they culminate today because Pope Francis happens to be in Portugal at at um, at the chapel of the apparitions, and um, marking a pretty important moment in in Catholicism, as as he is remembering and honoring the three shepherd children who had the apparition of Our Lady of Fatima, and this is the feast of Our Lady of Fatima, the uh, the patron saint of miracles and prophecies, and two of the children. Two of the children who witnessed this vision um, are being beatified, being made saints. And the third is actually on the way to sainthood. But this is a very sacred site. And so it also has a connection, not just because of the date of, uh, of, this, of this apparition, but it also has a connection because a year after he was shot, this is amazing to me. A year after he was shot, Pope John Paul II took the bullet that had been inside of him, the bullet that threatened his life, the bullet that almost took that life from the Pope. And he traveled to Fatima and he placed it in the crown on the shrine at Fatima. Kind of amazing. Because he was shot on that feast day. And so he wanted to, to mark that moment and, and thank, be thankful for the, the saving of his life. And today there are some 600,000 people gathered in Portugal as the Pope is saying Mass. A solemn occasion, also a celebration. And this Pope, while I disagree with a lot of his uh, socialist leanings, and some of the things he said, he's a pretty charismatic guy. And he is out there pushing peace. And as we talked last segment about the North Koreans reportedly be, being willing to talk and not focusing so much on war, because, you know, when you get hungry, you're less interested in a fight, aren't you? You're more interested in a sandwich. So as we, as we have a hopeful sign about peace, we have a pope who is visiting a major shrine in the Catholic faith and honoring the feast of Our Lady of Fatima, the saint uh, of miracles and prophecies. And many of those prophecies have been about war, but also about peace. 
so maybe there's peace in the wind. Maybe. Just maybe. A little bit of history today. I know there are other stuff that happened today. I know Stu is probably all caught up in the James K. Polk history today, and maybe we'll mention that later. But today, in my world, it's about the anniversary of Pope John Paul II being shot and surviving, and then exactly a year later, celebrating his survival and placing that bullet that was inside him that almost took his life in the crown on Our Lady of Fatima at the Church of the Apparitions, a place I would love to go. I got to put that on the bucket list. It is um, Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. We will uh, we will step aside when we get back. Uh, I know, I know. I t- I promised you I'd talk to you about peppers because there's some guy who did something totally ridiculous. We have a Second Amendment segment that's coming up and an update on whatever the heck is happening in the madness of the world. I think I have a fake news segment for you. I think I have a pretty solid fake news segment for you, and we'll get to it around the corner on Pure Opelka. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Busy day as we are trying to keep up on all the news. We've talked to you about the uh, computer malware that's out there, the ransomware that's hitting computers in over 100 countries now. We're talking about the president planning his first trip overseas. And uh, we know he's going to Saudi Arabia. We know he's going to, I think he's stopping by Rome. I don't know if there will be a papal visit. We were just talking about the Pope, as this is the the anniversary of uh, Pope John Paul II being shot, and it's also the Feast of Our Lady of Fatima for those who are Catholics. Important story to Catholics. To some, a, a mesmerizing tale. It's, it's really fascinating. Uh, to me, anyway. Uh, and... And we are asking you the vital question today, among all the other news that we're covering, that vital question being Donald Trump's tweet to Jim Comey about you better hope there aren't any tapes before you go leaking anything to the press. Was that a threat? Because um, I kind of feel I kind of feel like it is. That's me saying, yes, it is. It's it's not exactly a. um, It's not exactly a veiled threat. I think it's pretty much an out and out threat. So I asked the question, it's on my Twitter account, is Donald Trump's tweet about the tapes a threat? Currently, 48% of you are saying, yes, it is. 39% say no, and 13 aren't certain. So look, we're pretty split on this. So if you want to tell me that it's not a threat, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear why you think it isn't a threat. Why you think it's, it's not a threat. And I know the president's allowed his free speech. Right, I get it. All right. Now, uh, speaking of free speech, the, the story that's on The Blaze, and it's also in a couple different places, about a high school, a high school that pulled back all the yearbooks. Now, usually, 
usually when a school puts out a yearbook and uh, then suddenly the somebody notices, did you see that these guys put a hidden message in the yearbook and they go back and they try and grab them all? And then the students get threatened with, you're not going to get your diplomas for what you've done here. It's usually a bit of a stunt. Usually some young jack wagon student trying to put together a goofy statement that's going to be hidden in the yearbooks. And if you if you end up reading the yearbook on whatever pages they tell you, you'll get the hidden message. Well, no, this was not uh, not even that nefarious. This was um, this was this was a harmless statement from kids who are graduating from high school and will be adults. And what message are we giving them? They put in the quote. You know how you're allowed to put a little quote in your your yearbook picture or with your yearbook file. The quote was build that wall. Build that wall. Uh, Some people, snowflakes, you know who you are, say that any reference to building the wall is hurtful and racist to classmates who might be minor, who are minorities. Well, wait a minute. How is how is calling someone a minority versus calling someone an illegal immigrant? How is that going to be offensive to a minority? If if someone says, look, Donald, Trump, I voted for Trump. I want him to secure the borders. And if securing the borders means building the wall, build the wall. But no, because a couple of people complained. The 259 students who were allowed to share a quote under their picture in the yearbook. And a few of them put build that wall. They've had to recall all the books. Now. Thankfully, thankfully, the school wasn't too embarrassed because only 22 yearbooks had been pre-ordered and only a handful had been distributed before they were recalled by the principal, Principal Tanya Waddell, who said those were taken back the same morning and the rest were not distributed. We can't have this kind of filth going out among the students. No, she didn't say that. That's me pretending to be the principal. We cannot have this kind of filth going out among the students. What kind of language are we going to allow here? She did say, as a district, we do not and will not tolerate inappropriate conduct toward any of our students. I wonder if they're patrolling the halls and watching high school kids and how they behave in the halls. And what are the kids going to get? Well, they're going to get a refund. The school doesn't know if they're going to put out a yearbook. So you want to talk about silencing speech? You want to talk about fairness? You want to talk about diversity of opinion? You're missing it here. You're totally missing it here. We'll be right back. Opelka. With Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Good morning and welcome to the pre-show for the Jeff Fisher program here on the Blaze Radio Networks. Some of you think of this as the third hour of Saturday's Pure Opelka. And while it may be that, this really is the warm-up to the extravaganza that is the Jeff Fisher Show. Jeffy's in the locker room right now. He's getting taped up. I know this. I know this because the trainers told me that they had been uh, alerted that Jeffy was going to need extra tape today. And you know that tape, the, the kind of weird colorful tape that they use? to um that that athletes use it's got some sort of magic properties and i think it's got like chinese herbs in it and it's supposed to help them with muscles and so he's stretching and uh getting getting taped up before his program today after this show immediately following this program on the blaze radio network all new jeff fisher show and uh, after that of course lawrence billy jones the third lbj trey as we call him followed by Mike Slater, and then Joe Pags. All new programming Saturdays on the Blaze Radio Network. Share it with your friends. Download stuff. Yesterday, on the weekday daytime edition of Pure Opelka, we spoke with Delaware Senator Christopher Coons. Uh, Full disclosure, Chris Coons and I are friends. He is uh, a Democrat. Yes, I have friends on, on all sides. I have friends on the left, the right, and the middle. And Chris Kuhn certainly is a liberal Democrat. However, he's a guy who works in in bipartisan manner on many important topics. And yesterday, we were talking about opioid addiction and the problem with opioid addiction in America. And I told him I would happily stand shoulder to shoulder with him if he ever needed me. And I, I mean that. I am so concerned about opioid addiction in our country and the, the, the unmitigated tragedy that we are dealing with. We are unable to, to really seeming, we're, we seem to be unable to put our, our hands on this thing and stop it. When we have 32,000 plus Americans dying because of an addiction. Uh, it just doesn't make any sense that we're not focusing on it. it it's, and it's something that can be prevented. It's something that can at least be slowed down. It's all because of, uh, I believe, doctors overprescribing pain medications. And no one wants anyone in pain to be in pain. If we have the technology or the medicine, we should use it. But the horrific addiction that comes after an opioid use is is just it's just unbelievable and then it creates because they're so expensive a market for illegal drugs and that market creates cheap heroin and cheap heroin then creates the problem and crime breakup of families etc it is it is a, a problem that we better pay attention to and in this tiny state of delaware we have people we have people that are out there dying every single day. And in our in this little little state where Wilmington is the biggest city, and it's not that big of a city, folks. Wilmington, Delaware is now known as Murder Town. 
because we, we have more murders per capita, apparently, than even Chicago. And it's not getting better. And it's drug-related. All of it is drug-related. I, I exaggerate to clarify. So if you want to hear more, go to the, uh, the SoundCloud files on, on Pure Opelka and listen to the interview with Chris Coons. He really is a guy who, despite, despite his defense for so many, um, so many liberal causes, on this one, he is 100% correct. And um, and he has bipartisan support on trying to increase the attention and, and therefore funding of programs that will help us on this. Uh, the president's going to be speaking in about an hour. Uh, he's delivering the commencement address at Liberty University today. Doesn't look like a, a beautiful day. And they're doing it outside. They're holding the commencement address outside. So this will be interesting. The Northeast is is having a bit of a, uh, a bit, it's, they're calling it a nor'easter because it's happening in the northeast. It's a pretty well-defined storm. It's not a hurricane, but there is a center that you can see, and it's swirling, and it is, it is hitting us with uh, a, lot of, a lot of rain. Uh, it is, as they used to say in Texas, it is raining like a cow peeing on a flat rock here. In, in, and I'm just hoping the lights stay on because... <laughs> It's, it's actually pretty crazy here right now outside. If you hear lightning and thunder, if you hear thunder, you won't hear lightning, of course. Uh, you'll know why. There are some other stories. I, I was talking about the North Carolina school that put the kibosh on free speech. Uh, and I hinted that there is a Catholic university, the largest Catholic university in America, that is also putting the kibosh on free speech. And we should talk about that. And it is DePaul University who is in the crosshairs of those of us who demand free speech. DePaul University has reportedly prohibited Turning Point USA, a campus group, from displaying posters that carry the slogan, Gay Lives Matter. Now, why, why would they not want a college campus group to carry a sign that says gay lives matter this um this ban was put in place because of um sensitivity sensitivity yes yes and 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 it relates to uh muslim groups see students uh at depaul part of the group students for justice in palestine were were intending to um, protest an event entitled Dictatorships and Radical Islam, Enemies of Gay Rights. And this was an event that, that was going to be uh, given by a journalist and a foreign correspondent, James Kerchik. And the, the Palestinian Students for Justice in Palestine said they were going to protest this event. And that led to students leading the charge against the talk uh, to have uh, le they've left out any mention that that uh, Mr. Kerchik is is gay. And uh, they were they were trying to say that gay lives matter, but you're not allowed to apparently co-opt the slogan of Black Lives Matter. You're not allowed to culturally appropriate that.
and that's that's where the um, the Office of Student Involvement at at uh, DePaul stepped in and said you're not allowed to have any of these posters that say "Gay Lives Matter" that use the same look and brand of Black Lives Matter. Why? Uh, first of all, I didn't know that that was a brand. Is Black Lives Matter, is that a recognized brand now? Is it, I wonder if it's trademarked or copyrighted. But the school claims that this pits two marginalized groups against each other. She actually sent Amy Minaw, the director of Office of Student Involvement at DePaul, sent an email to Turning Point USA, and it says, it doesn't appear that Turning Point has any connection to the Black Lives Matter movement, and this seems to simply be co-opting another movement's approach. Um, no. And if it does, so what? Turning Point had built some posters that, that used the format, pretty familiar format that you'll see with uh, Black Lives Matter. And, you know, I've used All Lives Matter. Uh, I've used many different Lives Matter slogans in, in my life. Never been called out for culturally appropriating the Black Lives Matter movement, but I'm sure some people have. The DePaul chapter of Turning Point said it had intended to use the posters to advertise the speech to get people to show up because this the speech was pointing out that radical Islam and dictatorships are the enemies of gay rights. And you would think that a college, a college would be all for, all for somebody pointing out the fact that these, these radical Islamists had been killing gay people and it needs to stop. That the, the dictators in the world, you know, do, we, do we know about the people who are locking up every gay person they can find in, what is it, Chechnya? Trying to eliminate homosexuals? And we know that the, the radical Islamists are beheading and throwing gay people off buildings. So this is a surprise to me that the school would react this way. And the Turning Point folks, the president of Turning Point USA, Jason Plotsky, sent an email that said, look, we're, we're advertising. That's it. The statement's simple and you cannot market an event any better and any more eye-catching. People see it, they'll either agree or disagree, but the point is getting people to see the message and we firmly believe that it would have been effective. He disagrees with the school denying the poster, especially their reasoning for denying the poster. He stated in his response, quote, we do not see how the branding of Black Lives Matter is exclusive from all other lives and we cannot make a similar statement in a different movement. Sure, it is related and based off their slogan, but with no intent to undermine their movement. We are not even using the poster to push an entire movement, but rather a specific event. And this is to students in an academic setting, of course. Shouldn't they be allowed to market this as they see fit? Now, there is a, um, a director at Turning Point, a director of Campus Integrity, who also issued his disappointment on this. Last fall, the same university refused refused the DePaul Republicans uh, group from posting Unborn Lives Matter posters. 
So DePaul has a history of this. DePaul is is apparently uh, protecting the sensitive turf of the Black Lives Matter group. And the uh, the students for justice in Palestine, remember the social justice warriors who objected to this event happening anyway, distributed posters claiming that people should say no to Turning Point's nationalist agenda. And they called queer liberation, anti-racist, and anti-imperialist. DePaul won't comment on this. But once again, a gigantic Catholic university, the largest Catholic university in the country, has now said that, that they don't support free speech. What else can you take from this? You don't think your, your snowflakes are capable of understanding the difference between Black Lives Matter and Gay Lives Matter and unborn lives matter. It, it's it's kind of ridiculous. And if I were a student, I would be insulted. If you want to see the full story, it's reported on the College Fix. I will tweet out a link to it. I think free speech. You, you know, guy, you guys know where I stand on free speech. It's got to be. I have to defend all speech. I have to defend speech I hate, speech I love. This is speech that I love. I think you got to be able to get out there and say exactly what Turning Point is saying here. And to silence it is to silence everybody's speech. Bad move, DePaul. Bad move. Can't support it. When we get back, we'll look at some of the weird news. And believe me, there is plenty of it today. And I'll share some of my favorites on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network. We have talked about many different record-setting performances on this program. We have looked at uh, amazing things in terms of what humans can do, what we are capable of doing that oftentimes surprises us, whether it's Someone actually breaking the two-hour mark on marathons, which it almost happened two weeks ago, to the fact that the 120-pound lady in West Texas managed to consume two, two of the 72-ounce steaks at the Texas Cattleman restaurant and do it in under an hour. I think she did it in under 15 minutes. <laughs> Something ridiculous. But there's another competitive eating record that has just been smashed. And I just, I just wonder, um, I wonder about the wisdom. Because, you know, sometimes people do things and they say, well, you know, it's a good way for me to make a living. You know, we talk about boxing. It's, uh, boxing is a, a dangerous sport indeed. You look at people who have who've been punched into, um, punched into, uh, what is it called? Uh, a concussion injuries that have uh, hampered them for the rest of their lives. You look at Muhammad Ali and you wonder just how many of those punches really 
triggered whatever Parkinson's he has. And uh, then you you have to wonder what kind of what kind of reward is is worth what's happening to the digestive tract of a guy known as L.A. Beast, Kevin Straley. He is the competitive eater, a holder of Guinness records in competitive eating. And uh, just recently, just 10 days ago, the, the maniac, the beast, shattered a world record. He absolutely destroyed a world record by consuming ghost peppers. I don't know if you've ever had one ghost pepper. They are ridiculously hot. What's the name of the scale that we measure the heat of, of, of peppers? It is, um, I'm sorry, what is that, Packrat? The Scoville measure. Yes, we, we have the Scoville index. The ghost pepper comes in at a million Scoville units. A million Scoville units. This guy, the beast, the L.A. beast, just just destroyed the record more than consuming more than double of the ghost pepper. Um, the the total amount of ghost peppers consumed in the past, they are called but jalokia chili peppers. And you wonder why they call them ghost peppers. They're a kind of orange-reddish pepper. And he says, he says his eyes don't burn when he eats them. I, get near, I can imagine if you touched one of these. He, um, he practiced for a month leading up to this by chewing on dried ghost peppers. He even posted videos showing himself uh, practicing. He is uh, ranked as a as a one of the best competitive eaters in the world. His net worth, if you believe those celebrity net worth, uh, reportedly says he's worth six hundred and fifty thousand dollars. I just wonder if there's enough money in the world to rebuild his entire digestive tract because if you if you eat one of those ghost peppers with the one million one million Scoville units. He consumed 13, 13 ghost peppers in one sitting on May 3rd. I think he's, he may have recovered by now. Uh, I would, I'd be in the hospital if I did this. If you, if you want to see it, uh, they, the Guinness people certified it. He ate 121 grams of ghost peppers in one sitting, uh, and we don't know how many Additional sittings were required after he consumed it. Uh, let's just say they show him eating, uh, eating the peppers and then drinking a whole lot of milk to maybe save his system. There's got to be a better way. He also holds the chicken nuggets record, too. Something I could go after. But ghost peppers? No, thank you. God bless you, sir. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Got a lot going on today. Uh, we're getting ready to watch the president as he um, as he's going to give the commencement address at Liberty University. And that reminds me, uh, I didn't quite get to be indignant enough about what happened this week to the Secretary of Education, Betsy DeVos, when she visited a, uh, a black college and was going to deliver the commencement address, but was absolutely rudely treated by the students. Uh, now, granted, the for whatever reason, the school didn't announce that the education secretary was going to be delivering the commencement address until just a couple of days before. And the the college, which, as I said, is a historically black college, um, not exactly a big a big base for Donald Trump, uh, young black college students. And so when Betsy DeVos stood up to deliver the commencement address and was uh, welcomed by the university president, many of the students started booing. And that in itself is, is kind of insulting that you treat the education secretary that way. But you, uh, you then have students who not only booed, but stood in their caps and gowns and decided that they were going to make a statement uh, insulting the education secretary by turning their backs on her. And, yeah, I understand uh, protest is a big thing in college. Protest is a thing you're supposed to do. But, you know, there is a certain amount of respect. If the university has deemed it important enough to invite the education secretary in to give the commencement address, then you should respect that. At least I believe you should. But this is, if you didn't hear it, this is what happened when she, um, when she took the stage. Dr. Jackson, Board of Trustees, thank you so very, very much for this great honor and privilege. I am honored to become a wildcat. They're booing and now... And it's a real honor and privilege to be with you as we celebrate the Bethune-Cookman University class of 2017. So the students are booing and turning their backs, and the president of Bethune-Cookman stood up and took the mic. If this behavior continues, your degrees will be mailed to you. Choose, choose which way you want to go. Well, I guess they made their choice, right? Your graduation will be remembered as one where you insulted the Secretary of Education and you ended up getting your degree in the mail, and I hope that makes you feel good, snowflakes. I hope that makes you feel good. Uh, we are, we've been talking a little bit today about the, um, the topic of, of what happened with FBI Director Comey and that uh, many on the left 
think uh, that that what the president did by by firing the FBI director, which he had every right to do. Many on the left think that this was totally inappropriate, and uh, they have drawn comparisons to Richard Nixon when Nixon in in seventy three had the investigator, the Watergate investigator, fired. He didn't fire him. He had him relieved of duty. And now this was not the FBI director. Bill Clinton fired an FBI director. So why didn't they compare it to Clinton? I don't know why. Yes, I do know why. The left is the left. They only like their own. They don't like anybody else. The very tolerant left only likes what they like. So... Is it is it compared to Nixon? Can this be compared to Nixon? Well, CBS newsman Bob Schieffer, a guy who's been around the news forever. He's about 111 years old, and I think he just stopped working for CBS last week. They dragged Bob Schieffer out of whatever uh, whatever home he's living in now and put a coat and tie on him and put him in, in front of a CBS logo and had Bob Schieffer comment on whether or not the the Donald Trump firing of Jim Comey is that is that Nixonian is that something that relates to uh, Richard Nixon in your opinion venerated newsman Bob Schieffer you know there are many parallels uh, to Watergate but I have to tell you uh, I think all the way back to the uh, Kennedy assassination to draw parallels I was there as you know I have always felt if Lee Harvey Oswald had been put on trial, a lot of these conspiracy theories that are still circulating today would have been put at rest then. Wait a minute. Wait just a minute. Bob Schieffer, venerated CBS newsman, anchor, reporter, a guy who's been around the news forever. You're not comparing this to Nixon. Well, you are, but you're also comparing it to the Kennedy assassination. Yeah, let's hear him make that again. You know, there are many parallels uh, to Watergate, but I have to tell you, uh, I think all the way back to the uh, Kennedy assassination to draw parallels. I was there, as you know. I have always felt if Lee Harvey Oswald had been put on trial, a lot of these conspiracy theories that are still circulating today would have been put at rest then. You're absolutely right. Those conspiracy theories would have been put to rest. But, you know, hypothetical statements and questions only get hypothetical answers. It's a ridiculous, a ridiculous stretch to now tie this to both Nixon, Watergate, Kennedy assassination. Could we get any more bizarre? Could we get any more fake news? You are fake news. Absolutely. You absolutely are. And don't even get me started on what Whoopi Goldberg and the ladies on The View said yesterday. Whoopi looks at all of this as if it's a coup. It just feels like a coup. You know, first the whole Justice Department, got everybody got gutted. All of the things things got gutted. And and it just, yeah, it just feels, and he's got all of the the generals. It just feels kind of cooey. Feels kind of cooey, doesn't it? Cooey. Ooey, gooey, and cooey. I'm sorry, Whoopi, No. No, it's not. Were you this upset when the when the Clintons fired the people that ran the White House travel office and destroyed their careers? 
you want to talk about a coup and gutting, you took loyal employees and threw them out when the Clintons were in charge. Just very disturbing. Very disturbing. Now, I do have some some bone to pick with President Trump about what he plans to do with the press conferences. See, I think the Trump administration was doing something very good when when they opened up the press conferences, not just to the standard press, but they actually started talking to some of the newer press out there. And uh, I, I didn't even mind the Facebook or what are the Skype questions. They needed to get the technology right, but I didn't mind it. They look like they've walked away from that, mostly because a lot of the people they picked were were sucking up and the suck ups were a little tough to handle. But the the press conferences with Sean Spicer have become something I think we all appreciated, even if they were combative. It was still a dialogue between the fourth estate and the government. Even if we got to say to Spicer, you're doing it wrong, or to tell him, we don't agree with you on this, or are you kidding me? But when the president sat down with, um, with Judge Janine for an interview that I think the full interview airs tomorrow, and they leaked a couple of clips from it. But when the president sat down and talked about banning the press conferences, and putting out a statement, I I got a big problem with this, Mr. President. Again, I voted for you, but I have a problem with this. When we have those press conferences, Mm -hmm. I actually said we shouldn't have them. Because Sarah Huckabee... It's been 100 years we've been doing it. No, but listen, no, no, but but there's never been action like this. This is crazy. I mean, we're getting higher ratings. They're getting higher ratings on those press conferences. Would you seriously consider stopping these press sessions? No, we do it in a different way. We do it. We do it through a uh, piece of paper with a perfectly accurate, beautiful answer. You can't. You can't. And to say we would... When, when Judge Janine says, would you actually consider stopping the press conferences? He says, no, we do it in a different way. We hand out a perfectly crafted statement. No, that's not, that's not continuing a press conference. That's saying, here's your propaganda that you will now take and pay attention to every single day. I'm sorry, Mr. President, you can't do that. And if anybody in the conservative press will stand up and support that, you're, you're not really a journalist. You are, you are a, you are a, a suck up to the White House. You're not a journalist if you allow this president to stop the hundred plus years of press conferences. If you allow this president to say press, press conference time, Medication time, all patients to the day room. Here's your daily delivery of news from the White House. Please go and pass it out. No, we can't do that. We have to fight. And I mean that. We absolutely have to fight. If we don't fight, we've surrendered. This is the First Amendment. Freedom of the speech, freedom of the press, freedom to assemble, It's all in there and a couple others. But you cannot ban the press conferences. You can't just say, here's your daily news release from the White House. That's 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 crazy. That's all I'm going to say. I will be right back. I'm Puro Pelka. 
You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. First of all, thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for supporting this program throughout the week and also on Saturday mornings as we kick off a weekend of all new programming on the Blaze Radio Network. And uh, programming note, the Pure Opelka replay. Now the show's on live in the East Coast, noon to 3. So we start at noon East Coast time, Monday through Friday, following Glenn Beck. And uh, we had been replaying the show at its original time, uh, at its initial home at 7 to 10 p.m. However, we've, we've uh, shuffled the lineup just a little bit. And now uh, the, the daily Monday through Friday Blaze Radio starts with Doc Thompson, The Morning Blaze, then Glenn Beck, then this program, Pure Opelka, followed by Chris Salcedo, and then Pat and Stu, followed by Buck Sexton. Buck will be on at 7 to 10 p.m. Some of you noticed on Thursday night. And then uh, I will be on 10 till 1 a.m. Eastern. So just a, a slight change if you're one of our trucker friends or regular listeners who tunes in in the evenings. Instead of 7 p.m. Eastern, this show re- replays now during the week at 10 p.m., starting after Buck Sexton. So uh, Buck will Buck and I just flipped places, that's all. My buddy Buck Sexton. Uh, I miss Buck. I need to check in with him. Maybe we'll get him on the show for a visit one of these days. Our schedules are such that it could work out. Uh, Before we get out of here, I didn't get to a couple of news items that you need to pay attention to. One of them is is the, the law firm that Donald Trump uses who put out a statement yesterday about his income tax returns from 2005 up to current and the disclosure that there was no, no connection to Russia financially, uh, from uh, taking money, lending money, getting money, etc. And then they say, with a couple exceptions, and they mention a 40 plus million dollar profit that was made on the sale, I'm sorry, $54 million profit that was made on the sale of a, an estate in Florida that Donald Trump sold to a billionaire in Russia. And the money that was garnered from the Miss Universe pageant when it was happening in Moscow in 2013. Uh, And then we learned today that that law firm that represents Trump, Morgan Lewis and uh, Bacchius, apparently got a big award in Russia. Somebody needs to look at the optics before they release stuff like this. Somebody needs to say, Mr. Trump, this stuff stuff isn't going to play well and you need it to play well. I'm just saying. And based on the poll that we took earlier this morning, were those tapes a threat or the threat of the tapes? Was it really a threat? I perceive it to be a threat. 49% of you currently voting say yes. Donald Trump's tweet to Jim Comey about the tapes is a threat. 38% say no. 13% of you don't know where to go on this. We will be watching this going forward. Uh, remember, Mom, 
God bless you, Ducky Opelka. I miss you every single day. Kiss your mom, call her, and don't get gas station flowers. We'll see you Monday. Testudo, my friends. Testudo. Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Hey, thanks for downloading the show. I really appreciate it. Thanks for sharing with your friends. Uh, You know, this show is all about you guys being a part of it. Last week, I asked you if you would uh, like the package of goodies that was sent to me from uh, Whiplash, the cowboy monkey. And uh, a bunch of you answered. And it's surprising that it was a question about boogers. I know it was wrong of me to do that, wasn't it? It was very wrong of me to do that, but too bad I did it. All of you got the answers right, which means you pay attention to the segment, so thank you for that. But there can only be one winner, and that lucky winner chosen at random out of the pile of printed answers is Nancy Clay. Good for you, Nancy. You'll be getting the uh, package of goodies from Whiplash, the Cowboy Monkey. This week, you know what? I came up with some uh, interesting stuff that I should share with you. Uh, In moving, I found in a box a bunch of shirts that I had purchased when the Pope was in America and visited New York and Philadelphia. And they're kind of clever shirts that are about uh, prayer and faith. And they're funny. And and I will... uh, I'll put two of them up for grabs, two of these shirts from the Pope's visit up for grabs uh, for uh, anybody who can tell me how many peppers the beast ate, how many peppers the L.A. beast consumed to set the record for ghost pepper consumption. Send your answers to M-O-Pelka at the blaze, M-O-P-E-L-K-A at the blaze.com. Trust me, you won't be... Uh, you won't be offended by these shirts. They they mirror the Harley Davidson logo as well as the um, the Home Depot logo with clever parodies. We'll get to those uh, next week. We'll announce who the big winner is. Until such time, testudo, my friends, testudo. <laughs>